0: And Macintosh and Mon have haven't seen what? The podcast where we make each other watch movies we should have already seen. I'm Diana.
1: And I'm David.
0: And today, it's Oscar Palooza.
1: The 95th Academy Awards.
0: Yes, so we uh, are going to start this off by talking about the movies we have watched to finish up what we needed to see for this ceremony.
1: Which means we have...
0: New movies.
1: New movies.
0: First, we saw... To Leslie.
1: Inspired by true events, a West Texas single mother wins the lottery and squanders it just as fast, leaving behind a world of heartbreak. Years later, with her charm running out and nowhere to go, she fights to rebuild her life and find redemption.
0: This one was really good.
1: Another excellent, low-key indie stunner with an incredible lead performance. Mm-hmm. Like Same vibe as, as Causeway, just really good actors doing really good work Mm
2: -hmm.
1: in a small understated movie. It's a little messy because it's a little on the nose thematically at times, but I get why Risa Burrow got the nomination after campaigning for the film. And I get why she campaigned for this film. I looked up the box office. This movie before the nomination made like Mm $35,000. Nobody saw it. Yeah. And you know there was a whole kerfuffle about that, but I think it's absolutely her right to be like, I'm damn proud of the work I did in this movie, and I think people should see it.
0: Yeah, and the the investigation is just people being angry that other films weren't looked at, and it actually seems like we actually had a lot of films this year that were um, smaller movies, and that's good. the The Oscars shouldn't be only big blockbusters, and they're not, but it shouldn't only be you know something with millions upon millions of dollars behind it so yeah i i, I liked it as it's, it's a nice little story yeah it was really predictable but that's okay uh mark maron isn't it and i always find it weird when he's acting <laughs>
1: especially he really... when he's acting with a texas accent
0: yeah which he's good at
1: mostly every once in a while you're like ah, eh, there's mark maron <laughs>
0: but but he's he's just always playing a different version of himself. I've listened to his podcast too much, so I was just kind of like, what are you doing, Mark? I, I don't know. He was, he was really good, though. I like him. Um, so, it was, yeah, it was a good movie.
1: Just a solid indie flick.
0: Next we saw After Son.
1: Sophie reflects on the shared joy and private melancholy of a holiday she took with her father 20 years earlier. Memories real and imagined fill the gaps between as she tries to reconcile the father she knew with the man she didn't.
0: This is... This feels like, you know, film school, film.
1: The, yeah, except that this lingered with me real hardcore. Oh,
0: that's that's fine.
1: I think it can very much seem film school. Uh-huh. But I do think it sort of creeps its way in emotionally. And I will say, as part of that, I share, I, I share the age and disposition of one of the lead characters. Mm-hmm so i think that's a part of it
0: all the stuff that's supposed to be like the memory the main action of the film i thought was interesting but the way they tried to intercut like her imagined version of her father didn't really play and it wasn't it was it was art it was done in an arty way as opposed to an effective way and uh the i mean they're trying to add this context of like what was actually going on with her dad she She definitely couldn't have understood at that time, which is fine and is certainly interesting, but there was a different way to show that that they weren't able to accomplish with this film. So like I get what they were trying to do. They didn't do it, in my opinion
1: yeah and and one of the biggest things about this movie, other than Paul Meskel's nomination here is he's absolutely fabulous. warranted he's fucking incredible. <laughs>
0: Which as soon as I heard his name, I had I had watched normal people, and I'm like, oh yes, he's amazing.
1: Both he and our our young lead, who got an up and rising award at the Baftas, I believe, or she's like 13, playing 11 in this movie, and is also just stellar, incredible mm-hmm. work. Yeah, you know she is. This is her first feature. Our our director Charlotte Wells.
0: Yeah, it feels that way.
1: <laughs> but. There's such there's such subtle nuance and promise within that. Mm -hmm. I I totally understand why Paul is what got the the nomination here Mm -hmm. and what got the attention from it. I do think especially if you connect to the age and the uh, the disposition of this character, uh, I think it's going to hit you like a ton of bricks. (laughs) But I I don't know that it'll do the same thing for everybody. Mm, I don't think so. It, it, it's just uh, no.
0: next we saw women talking
1: do nothing stay and fight or leave in 2010 the women of an isolated religious community grapple with reconciling a brutal reality with their faith
0: this is definitely one of the best films of the year
1: who <laughs> I, I i knew it would be interesting and i
0: i knew it would be good but i wasn't expecting me to like it as much as i did and there's a relevancy to this that is just infuriating because these these events and it's not solely on a true story it's kind of an amalgam of a couple of different things Mm -hmm. um is my understanding they're um this society very similar to an amish uh, group but that's taking place in 2010 but they're living as though it's hundreds of years ago and it's like yeah those problems have not changed at all, not a single iota, and they only continue to get
1: worse. I think what's so outstanding is not only that, but then, and I know this is based from a novel, so I'm sure mm-hmm. that that's a factor in the adaptation. Sarah Polly's work in the writing and directing of this movie is so brilliantly subtle. Mm-hmm. It's on par with Banshees doing the same thing of telling a very small story mm-hmm. and in all of the dialogue which is cryptic to a degree partially because right they're they're having a religious society meeting mm-hmm. although the modern world creeps in sure but within that is a whole lot of philosophy oh yeah and a whole lot of big pontificating and what i love too is that it's it's philosophy done in a in a true reckoning way of we have to understand every part of this equation. Mm-hmm. Like, yes, there is the fury and the rage, but there is also the care and desire to want things to be better, and it's all wrapped up in that script.
0: Oh, the script is really the the shiny piece of this. Like this script, you could hand to anybody, and it, they could do well. Sarah Polly is amazing. She really should have been nominated for this. Um, yeah, that 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 was an oversight for sure. The the thing that is when you really when I really think about this film is like the entire film, like except for maybe like 10 percent of it, is literally women in a room talking. And it is interesting. And that is very hard to pull off in a film. We do it on stage all the fucking time. It's just a bunch of people in a room talking on film. That is much harder to keep interesting. And she did it. She did it.
1: Yeah, for the first third of this movie, I was real worried we were headed into, oh, God, it's a play on film. It's a play on film. I I was
0: worried we were getting into 12 angry jurors territory, which I I know it's a good play, but it's rarely done well because it's 12 people in a room talking. Yeah, (laughs) It's hard. And, And this is on film. And so you have the option to really like, you know, cut things and focus on someone else while someone else is talking. But they did that in a really economical way. I also, there's a choice in this film that with the exception of one character, you never see a man's face ever. And I noticed it instantly that that's what was happening, but I loved it. I love mm-hmm. that was such a specific choice. And that is completely the director. And it was just really, really smart. Yep. Yeah. It's just a really good, good movie.
1: And it, it's unfortunate because it came late and it really didn't get a lot of play and that's honestly why it didn't it didn't get more here. Um, that's
0: that's what I sus- we suspect sure.
1: And it's a damn shame because this deserves a whole lot more. I totally get though not getting an acting nod because this truly is an ensemble.
0: Yeah, this is a film that you would submit for a, an ensemble award, not
1: Yeah, no one actress is outshining any of the others.
0: Last we saw, All Quiet on the Western
1: Front. A young German soldier's terrifying experiences and distress on the western front during world war one
0: hey we already saw this movie it is
1: rare (laughs) to somehow get a remake put in the year where we watched an original version
0: that that just happened by accident we already had that in in the queue and then we found out that this version was coming out this year we're like oh okay well we're going to keep going and then maybe we'll watch it because we like to do we like to watch multiple versions of things. We've you know, we've seen all the stars as are born. But so this kind of the, that these two happen so close together is a little weird. And it's interesting. I this version is beautiful. It is so gorgeous. Like the cinematography mm-hmm. is amazing. Performances are great. Um, It moves really well. It's a two and a half hour fil- war film, which if you've been listening to this podcast for any amount of time, you know that I'm not really big on war epics. This one does move pretty well. It's very, very well done. I don't love the adaptation.
1: It's really not good. <laughs>
0: it's It really strays from the source material, which I was supposed to have read the source material. I never did. But there's just a lot of government bullshit that really doesn't move us from one place to another the way I think they're trying to intend it. I think I think really they're trying to give us like that business to give us a break from the war, war, death and destruction, war stuff. Which fair, but there was another way to do it, and this wasn't it. So that that to me is kind of the biggest problem with this movie is the, is the straight up adaptation. But it's fucking gorgeous, and it, it, I really got 1917 vibes in the best way because I love that movie. So I mean,
1: yeah, I got those vibes, but I also. So 1917 is is a journey movie. Yeah. And having seen that 1931 and, again, just remembering how deeply impactful it is, All Quiet on the Western Front is not meant to be a a straight-line journey of, like, one moment for a character. It's meant to tell the story of the war through the eyes of one person, through a series of moments. Yeah. And... The other part about using the con like they use the pretext of the end of the war Mm -hmm. because somehow our director and our writers thought that, well, we need to get the tension even higher Mm -hmm. and instead you undercut the whole point. I remember that they they do it at the beginning of, of the 1930 version and it's in Remark's book where he says this is not a condemnation. This is meant to be a depiction, a reality. His whole point of that book was to make you hate war, not by trying to show you the machine behind it, but by just showing you the horror mm-hmm. and making you reckon with it. And the uh, the the writers, and I think to a lesser extent, extent, the director, I think the director got the point, but sure. I think the writers missed that.
0: Yeah, I think- the, direct, the team behind it, they knew what they were trying to accomplish because it's done very well visually. But yeah, there's just a lot of business that doesn't need to be in there.
1: And we miss the whole... One of the greatest scenes in the entire story is when Paul goes back home. Mm-hmm. And because of the way they structured it, they cut that scene entirely. And it's like, my God, that's the best moment. That's the biggest indictment of all of it
2: mm-hmm.
1: is when this war-torn kid comes home and is like all of you were just horrible none of you get it Mm -hmm. this is hell (laughs) and we just we missed that entirely yeah and that that bummed me out we got some of the great scenes but i mean all of it just felt too on the nose pushing too hard to try to make the point of the visual and missing missing the bigger picture on the story because it the story is so crucial I was bummed. I was disappointed. I I was hoping for a lot more story-wise from it. But it's undeniable all of the effects and the visual work and everything put into it. Mhm. Now conspicuously absent here is one specific film that we have not talked about in total and that is Blonde. Y'all. Mm-hmm. I will say that we watched the first what, 20 25 minutes of the movie. Yeah, 20 to 30 and it was god awful.
0: It was <sighs> fucking horrible there's no point to this entire fucking movie and so we didn't watch it
1: i i'm gonna i'm gonna be slightly contrarian i was actually kind of intrigued
0: cubic rule if you need context to understand this a film your film's not good
1: fair fair what the one thing i will give it credit for is that it made me go look up the point of the original novel and i will probably just wind up at some point reading the novel by joyce carol oates because once i looked at that i was like Oh, this makes a ton more sense. Mm-hmm. However, to accurately tell that story, I would prefer that you get somebody who is a female director mm-hmm. who is going to put the appropriate gaze on it. And furthermore, you should not get somebody like Andrew Dominic who has publicly talked about pretty much how much he like secretly loathes Marilyn Monroe as a figure.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Like, that's the vibe that I get. Mm-hmm. The movie. Somehow, wants you to hate Marilyn instead of getting to the deeper philosophical point of Marilyn,
2: mm-hmm.
1: which is what Blonde was supposed to do. Yeah, it didn't. No, no. And there's a reason why it just tanked, other than Anna Armas, who she's doing really good work and uh, the hell she had to go through for the role, because I know some of the stuff, some of the really seedy stuff that's involved in it. Mm-hmm. I get the recognition. It's just. Why would you want to sit through three hours of that? well,
0: it's it's to what purpose to continue to torture a woman who was severely tortured while she was alive? No, yeah, like that's not art. <laughs> like, it's just not right. I mean, shout out to the costume and makeup people for doing a great job with Anna Armis's look because, um, I actually read an article about them. Like the goal wasn't to make her look like Marilyn, but to find Marilyn, like to pull Marilyn out of Anna. Yeah. And they did a fabulous job because she doesn't look like a caricature. She just looks like a woman who happens to look like Marilyn Monroe, Mm -hmm. which is fine. But that also should have been like the aim of the film. It's like we're not talking about Marilyn Monroe specifically, but a Marilyn Monroe type actress. And then it would have been a little easier to stomach like some of this, you know, artistic license with events in her life. But that's not what they were doing. It's like, let's just torture this woman. On screen, and after 30 minutes, it's like, okay, cool. On a great job, don't deserve a nomination. Really, I don't. There are other, there are other people this year that would have been better. Cool. Bye. <laughs> like that's it.
1: That being said, I am a glutton for punishment. I may try to sit down and watch this movie in full.
0: You have fun with that. I am not wasting those minutes of my life.
1: I'm sure about an hour, uh, like another 30 minutes, in and I'll be like, Mm-mm, nope, I'm done. <laughs> yep.
0: Yeah, not worth it.
1: Oh, well, so it's time then. It's time,
0: oh, it's for for what? What would that be?
1: It's time for picks,
0: oh, we must pick our Oscars. Oh, yes, because also, oh, if you're new, which which how can you be new by now? We've been doing
1: this for years. I don't know. Hey, don't ever assume somebody could be coming right across this first time,
0: so this is like our big thing. We love the Oscars. We love like having this extra push to watch these unusual movies that we may have missed or, not wanted to give our attention to originally <clears throat> Avatar. So it's a competition every year. David and I make our picks. Um we have a little special rules um regarding a couple categories because because we see all these films together and you know we've been married for too many years. We we our opinions kind of get aligned. So in order to kind of give us some some wiggle room on like who could potentially win for eight categories we do a first and second picks if if our first position pick wins you get 2 points if our second position wins you get 1 point um and that kind of just helps keep give us a little bit of differentiation um with the exception of one year it's always been a win by one or two points and those were what made the difference really it's true
1: yeah cuz there there are always surprises
0: there Last year, the only surprise was what happened during the ceremony, not the awards themselves. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, why don't you start, David? Because I have my list in alphabetical order by awards, not like ballot order.
1: We like to use the Vanity Fair 2023 Oscar ballot, mostly because it's super classy. Mm -hmm. And we're going to be going in reverse order from the importance of categories here.
0: Sure, fair. So,
1: we're going to start with Documentary Short
0: okay oh oh, this is one that i have two listed i wasn't sure what i was going with
1: i'm gonna gonna put this out there the shorts this year people are like it's kind of toss-ups on some of these sure and we i I would love to figure out a way to get to see all these shorts because it would be really fun they do screenings and stuff they are there
0: are screenings where they put all of them together so you can go for a couple hours and watch them we just haven't been able to make that work
1: one year we're gonna do it
0: though maybe next year we can we can make that happen um We've just never been able to fit it in.
1: So I am going with the elephant whisperers.
0: Yeah, that was the one that was my first choice. So I'm I'm gonna agree and stick with that.
1: Okay. Next is live action short. I went with an Irish goodbye. Same. I had the Irish goodbye. And finally for animated short, we are going with the boy, the mole, the fox, and the horse. It's the biggest profile. Yep, same. All right. Let's talk about some things that we actually saw. Okay. Yeah. We move to visual effects. All right. I'm I'm just gonna give it to them,
0: and it's going to Avatar.
1: Absolutely. It's Avatar: The Way yeah. of Water. Look, everything else, I could I could you know I, I be annoyed with that movie all day.
0: It's Avatar.
1: But fu- it's fucking beautifully made and brilliantly done with effects.
0: Just give Jim the statue. It's fine. He's got a huge collection of them. I don't care. He's he's done the work.
1: And I will say this too, like the fun part about watching the first one in 2008 and being like, you know, yes, this is dated now, but in 2008, this would have been mind blowing in 2023. You see it and you go, damn, look at how far we've come and look at how far he's been able to push things. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm sure he invented like eight new things in order to make this fucking movie.
0: <laughs> there, there was some interview where I think it was one of his producers was like, uh, just to start the r&d on this we're looking at 3 300
1: billion okay yeah. just just yeah. to
0: start in one in one piece of it just one piece of what they needed to figure out
1: and right. this that's his best picture like if he wins visual effects he's done his job
0: yeah that's 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 enough for him
1: all right now we have sound our second year of the fully combined sound category ah i'm going to give this to top gun top gun maverick is the winner here all Quiet has been making a huge push on this, and Which, I totally understand. I
0: understand, but Top Gun's where it's at.
1: Man, I'm so used to turning up the original Top Gun super mm-hmm. loud on the TV and getting ready before Danger Zone hits. Yeah. And when it pounded through the theater in the biggest surround sound that they never had in 1986, mm-hmm. I know we were in D-Box seats, but the sound was just as much a factor. Mm-hmm. And like, this movie's not going to win Anything else?
0: No, it it. Sh- nah, 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 we'll talk about that later. But this is this is the one it should win. Down no. for sure.
1: We then go to production design. I want to know what you picked here.
0: Oh, okay. I'm torn between two. I'm torn between two.
1: Let me give you mine. Okay. Then. Babylon.
0: Okay. See, I'm torn between Babylon and Elvis.
1: I understand Elvis. I understand yeah. why people would feel that way. I wouldn't be mad if Elvis won. Babylon feels more grand because elvis feels too animated it feels like elvis was done a bit more with visual effects Mm -hmm. and babylon was pure production design like hate that movie hate the story but my god the set pieces
0: fucking gorgeous Uh, (laughs) except with the things that were in focus Um, that's not the problem here i understand i'm just it's just my my point with damien
1: what are you going to pick? What are you going to uh, pick?
0: Uh, fuck, I, I'm, I'm going to agree with you on Babylon because that was my first pick. I'm going with Babylon.
1: The other factor here is that with the, with the production, design, and artist group, Babylon was the winner. All right. All right. Moving to makeup and hairstyling. All quiet. Elvis.
0: Nope.
1: Elvis. Nope. It's the front runner. And honestly, I can get away with it. Here's what sells me on Elvis I saw that last scene. I thought it was stock footage. Had no fucking clue.
0: See, I knew. But here's the thing. I didn't know. Here's the thing with this. Making someone look just like a real person has kind of become who gives a fuck. They did a great job. But also who gives a fuck. That, that's boring. That's what Hollywood's supposed to do. One, I think Al Quiet actually had the bigger job here. And they did an amazing job. I think the whale and Elvis are going to split the vote. I'm going with Al Quiet because that's the okay. problem because ultimately the things that most people are talking about when it comes to Elvis is his old age makeup when he's older and elvis is heavier and when you weigh that against literally the whale which that was a whole lot of prosthesis with brendan even mm-hmm. though he's a bigger guy they still had to make him bigger it's the same idea that's uh to me that splits it it um i'm going with all quiet
1: <sighs> you might be right you might very well be right let's go to editing
0: oh everything everywhere all at once
1: same thing here though i will say this tar top gun both really good choices here sure even elvis oh agreed all of those are very well edited films i don't know about banshees i was like uh
0: (laughs) nah here's the thing all of the like with the exception of tar those other films could be improved with better editing tar no editing's great for that story but the way everything everywhere is edited elevates it, oh, for sure. if it was edited just slightly differently, it would fall apart. Like the editing is such an integral piece, yeah, to to that film in a great way, in a great way.
1: It is crucial to the success of the film absolutely, so much.
2: <laughs> yeah, uh,
1: yes, yeah. And it's loud's on favorite, so I'm not mad. Cool. Let's go to costume design,
0: all right. You go first.
1: Black Panther, Wakanda forever.
0: Okay, here's the thing. That was my first choice, too. I know. But I'm going with Elvis. Uh... Historically, they like reproductions. And I am always the proponent of I want originality over historical accuracy every fucking day of the week. And Black Panther is fucking gorgeous. When the first movie came out, so that movie doesn't win Best Oscar for costume, everyone should just quit trying because it's not worth it anymore. It won. Great. This film also, costume, visuals, amazing. The Academy doesn't give a fuck about this movie. It really doesn't. I don't think they're going to give Wakanda Forever the win. I don't think so. I think the Academy is giving Angela Bassett a nomination. Oh, okay. That's it. That's all they're going to do to validate this film. I think the, the degree to which the Elvis costumes were made, it's giving it to the
1: Elvis uh i think it's closer than people think oh sure it's very close and i here's the thing we say we say the academy but i don't feel like the academy is a vacuum anymore my concern would be that you get where you get elvis is you get a split between wakanda forever and everything everywhere in that you get the people who are into the originality they split their vote and then elvis's fans come through and so I could totally agree with you there, but i I don't think the Academy's as much of a singular juggernaut as it once was.
0: No, I agree with that in the larger picture, but this is still very much a niche group uh, they, yeah. they don't when Black Panther came out, those costumes were so new to cinema. like let's just be clear. nobody had ever done that yeah. And so this film, I know the scene that everybody's talking about is the funeral wear because it is beyond gorgeous. It is the of most course. beautiful visual ever, but they don't care. Mm. And other than that scene, the costumes are beautiful, gorgeous, effective, but none of them stand out except for the funeral scene. They I'm just gonna I'm just gonna what?
1: enjoy when when I get the point here. That's all I'm gonna oh. say.
0: Okay. Look, if I'm wrong, I will be happy. Because, <laughs> because I fucking love the costumes. Fucking
1: watch film. Babylon get costume.
0: I would almost I would almost be happier if Babylon got it over Elvis. over Elvis, but also no.
1: All right, let's let's go to cinematography.
0: Oh, this is easy. All quiet.
1: I'm not happy about this though.
0: You're not happy with it?
1: I would pick Tar over it in a heartbeat, but I'm ge- I'm going with All Quiet. Mm. Look, I think All Quiet's a beautiful movie, but I don't. I had a problem with the shots in that movie. And again, there's recency bias. I saw the 1931.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: My problem is the 1931, the way it was filmed, the, the, all of the shots they did, you know, that swinging the camera back and forth
2: mm-hmm.
1: and like running it along the sidelines and all these just dynamic shots that add to the violence. Mm-hmm. This movie feels so boring compared to that. Think so? I don't know. It did not grab me the same way. And if I had my choice, I would pick Tar. Maybe Elvis. Oh no, Elvis is getting the play on cinematography here, and I get it. I, I, it's not, it's not what I like, but I do get why people would see Elvis and be like, "Look at that!"
0: (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: But if I, if I was picking, I would vote for Tar. That to me is the more visually interesting movie. But. I'm picking all quiet.
0: I get it, but it's all quiet. That's what's going to win. <laughs> yeah, it's all quiet.
1: I get it. And that then brings us to one of our other traditions every year, is we have to listen to the songs.
0: All right. we, we Yeah, we got to sit down and judge them so we can choose which one is which.
1: So all right. let's take a minute. Let's pull up our, our special listening spaces, which is YouTube.com. Mm-hmm. And let's check out some music. So let's talk about the scores first. I'm going a little bit out of order, but uh, it's more fun to talk about the songs themselves. Yeah. So for the scores, we start with All Quiet on the Western Front by Volker Bertelmann. Mm
0: -hmm. I I mean, like when we were watching this, I was like, I like the score. Because I did, because it was like appropriately haunting. And that was fun. I like I did genuinely like it. Yeah,
1: the three-tone theme and, and carrying that through with all the other instruments, which is clever. They do it in the quieter scenes, too. Sure.
0: Yeah, but with different instruments, but it's like that. <laughs>
1: it's very good. Yeah, but it's such a Hans Zimmer bit.
0: Yeah, I'm fine with that. Hans Zimmer know, is I'm the sure. shit.
1: <laughs> Justin Hurwitz for Babylon. Goddamn.
0: It's those fucking brass like i remember when we saw the movie that was like the one other than the score i fucking hate this movie uh which is true like i fucking hate that movie but the music slaps
1: like i am i am rolling my eyes as far back in my head as i can go on the finale and then i'm still like
0: this jazz rips it it's does. really fucking good i don't really like jazz but i'm like this is good shit i want to see someone do a dance to this i'm here for it
1: the banshees of in a sharon by carter burwell this is too quiet to win. <laughs> it's very Irish. Irish with a whole lot of just real subtle notes. Like it's, it's great for the movie. That's fine. But it's it doesn't stand apart in any way. Mm-hmm. Everything everywhere all at once by Sun Lux. It's
0: weird, but it's fine. Yeah, uh, That's That's <laughs> it. Like
1: <laughs> it's not special in any unique way.
0: Like, and that's not knocking on it. It's just no. like it's filler score. I, I know. Like, fine. It's fine. And
1: the Fablemans from John Williams.
0: John Williams is amazing. He does magical music. He's um he's fabulous. Um, he is the like the light fairy music to Hans Zimmer's like doom and destruction music. <laughs> it's just like I it's a John Williams score.
1: Which is funny because he's also the man who gave us the the Jaws theme, but you know.
0: I know, but that's also like fuck off. <laughs> I'm not working any harder than I have to. That's just being smart and effective.
1: First of all, I will point out that this John Williams has basically announced this is his last film score. Or no, Indiana Jones is. Yeah. But he's he's about to retire. Yeah. Uh, so we're we're coming to the end for him. And like He's got he's,
0: enough Oscars. He's, he's mine.
1: He's incredible and amazing. I'm picking Justin Hurwitz.
0: Same.
1: That score stands out. It's so good. Among all the rest of them I wouldn't be shocked if if Bertelman won for All Quiet. Yeah. But I just don't think it has nearly the impact. Like the score for Babylon made some of those scenes better.
0: <laughs> True. Here's the thing about Hurwitz's score, which I think is different from the rest of these. That music is going to be used in other things. Yep. It will be used in other pieces of film. It'll be used in other pieces of television. I would not be surprised if in a couple of years we start seeing some like dance performances done to some of that music, because that'd be really fucking cool. Yeah. I can't say that about the other stuff.
1: It'll be used in so many fucking commercials.
0: I'm fine with that because it gets your attention. Remember when Swing came back because of the fucking Gap ads? Yeah. That was the shit. Let's bring back those commercials. I would watch them.
1: And like even if you're even if you're just a fan of jazz it's mm-hmm. high quality jazz music on this is its good own shit of the period it's 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 by far the best score this year <laughs> so that leads us to our songs are you ready
0: they are bummers
1: we kick things off with applause from tell it like a woman music and lyrics by Diane
2: Give yourself some applause
0: thank you
1: oh my god i made
0: it literally 15 seconds i was like fuck this shit
1: i listened to a verse and chorus first of all sophia carson performing this sounds horrible yeah she- i mean whoo. no
0: no and she's got a nice voice but this song is garbage so no thank you
1: then we have hold my hand from top gun maverick music and lyrics by lady gaga and blood pop
2: lady gaga So bright tonight But don't you let go of my hand You can cry every last year I won't leave till I understand Promise me just hold my hand Raise your hand
0: my eyes. I mean, she writes a banger. She just
2: does.
1: She writes a banger, but here's my problem. You're never gonna write a song as much of a banger as Take My Breath Away by Berlin.
0: Well, here's the thing about so this song. So why bother? This song gives me How Do I Live vibes. It's the exact same vibe and that this song is always gonna be tied to this movie, which is fine. And the music video is all her being in this world. Again, fine. But... You take the song out of the movie and the song still slaps. It's a good know. song. It's a good song.
1: Well, I will I will definitely say that. It is a good song. It it's a banger. Yeah. It's a good song. It's just it is so hard for me to divorce Top Gun from Take My Breath Away.
0: No, fair, but this is in that same vein of Take My Breath Away. How do I live? I don't want to miss a thing. <laughs> eh. Those songs are so tied to those movies, but on their own, they are also fabulous songs. That's that's a song.
1: Let me talk about the movie that I think actually does that for me, and that is Lift Me Up from Black Panther Wakanda Forever. Music by Thames, Rihanna, Ryan Kugler, and Ludwig Goransson, and lyrics by Thames and Ryan Kugler. Song. It's an incredible song.
0: It's a great song. I can't say the same thing about it that I can with hold my hand.
1: Oh I I disagree. I
0: think it's because the song's trying to do too many things.
1: I don't think it
0: is. I think it is. I, th- mm. I I think it's trying too hard. Oh. I think it's trying too hard in a movie that already had all the cards stacked against them. They made a fabulous movie.
1: I great. I the song don't is good. The song all. is good,
0: but I still think it's trying too hard.
1: No, see, I think the opposite. I think Hold My Hand is trying too hard. I don't know. Then we have Natu Natu from RRR, music by MM Kiravani, and lyrics by Chandra Bose. <laughs> Na paata zud, na paata zud, na paata zud, na 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 na
2: na na
0: This song is fun, and my musical loving heart adores
1: this. It's fun as shit. My problem though is that half of the song is just instrumental break. Well,
0: again, that's the problem
1: with this: is you
0: can't. Well, there's dance, cool, love it. If the film itself had gotten more play, this song would get have better odds. But with original song, you can't. You can't. This song can't live on its own. It has to live in the movie.
1: Yeah, I am w- watching the video and I'm like, okay, I dig it, but I don't care about the song on its
0: own. I, can't, I I can't I can't love the song without having loving the song in that film's universe, so it's not a best song
1: yeah. for me. Yeah. Yeah, I know. I, it's great. I love it. I really need to see that movie. We're going to watch Triple R at some point. We, Absolutely. we will take it's care. It's on of Netflix, it. but And and we will consider the controversy behind it because there's some not great stuff involved.
0: Oh, I have not paid attention to that. I'll find out later. But the <laughs> song the song will not win. Sorry.
1: No. And this is a life from everything, everywhere, all at once. Music by Ryan Lott, David Byrne, and Mitski. Lyrics by Ryan Lott and David Byrne. Not only
2: what we've known. We've known. known.
0: song is weird also
1: any uh, in a just world this would win
0: i i think this is the
1: best song
0: because it is so fucking interesting and i think it holds its own i think this is another one that you could see like college dance pieces made to like interpretive dance it would be great i think it would be very interesting but it's not gonna win
1: i think what i love about this song is that it's it's an oscar song sure like, it's very much an Oscar song in that quiet, small orchestral way that some songs are. You know, you have big sweeping epics, but then you always have one of the smaller ones. And this is like that, except that it's got the David Byrne twist to it. Mm-hmm. And the twist he really brings in here is his lyrics, where he, he brings a flipped perspective to how he writes lyrics in the rhythm. And that I think is like what makes this song stand out the way it does, because mm-hmm. it feels like an Oscar song, but there's so much going on with it that's much deeper because of what he brings into it. Um, and mitsuki has got a beautiful voice, but not a chance in how we win. So now we got to pick. <laughs> oh man, <laughs> because I could go, I could go with my gut, or I could go with ah, ooh, mm. and and I will say the odds-on favorite is not to, not to. It has been sweeping all the awards. Because it's such a huge like phenomenon, quote unquote. Mm-hmm. But I think we both agree that's not going to win.
0: No, I don't think it will. I don't. I don't think it's powerful enough on its own to win.
1: Uh, which is funny because it's any other award that this has come up, it's won.
2: That's
0: nice. I don't think it deserves to win either. So I'm not picking it.
1: I'm picking "Lift Me Up."
0: I'm picking "Hold My Hand."
1: There we go. There I'm we go. Go with the, are the on,
0: like literally those are the only two songs that are worthy of being in this category. So, like, if, if Riri wins, I ain't gonna be mad.
1: Yeah, I wouldn't be mad with Lady Gaga. And I'm honestly not gonna be mad if Not Too Not Too wins it. Same. Because Same. it's really, you know, they're, they're, it's a tribute to the movie as much as it is the song. And we're gonna get to watch him perform it, which will be fucking rad.
2: <laughs> Love it. Love it.
1: So, and we're gonna get to have David Byrne. I mean, I don't give a shit about that, but okay. Oh, I mean. Talking Heads are one of the best bands of all time.
0: Uh, I could not tell you one of their songs, so I don't care.
1: All right. So now that we are through all of the music,
2: mm-hmm.
1: we come to the second half here. We have three items to deal with before we get into our special categories. We start with documentary feature.
0: Navalny. It's,
1: it's Navalny.
0: No, Navalny.
1: Sorry. It's Alexei Navalny.
0: I've heard it said both ways, and I haven't known which one was
1: correct. Yeah, it's, it's Navalny.
2: Navalny. Okay.
1: Uh, this, is, this is this is another one of those that from the subject matter and seeing what's interesting here. There's a couple of movies here that I think are probably more interesting to watch. Sure. But Navalny's so specifically topical. Sure. That the Academy's very much interested in promoting, you know, Ukraine mm-hmm. and and all the Russian stuff. So Navalny's gonna win it. All right, then we've got animated feature. Pinocchio. Guillermo del Toro's Pinocchio. I mean, fucking.
0: It looks so gorgeous.
1: If you're going to do stop motion in the most gorgeous way possible, you deserve this, hands down.
0: I mean, the quote that sealed it for me, it was Guillermo said, like, I thought it had to be stop motion because I'm telling a story about a puppet who lives in the
1: world of real people. And I'm like,
0: yeah, oh, my God, it melted my brain. Mm,
1: Still haven't seen it. Still desperately want to. If you are doing your own picks at home, this is one you should just like mark in the biggest bold. It's got eight to nine. Uh, it's like an eight to nine favorite to win. Mm-hmm. Like it, there's no chance of any other movies taking this category mm-hmm. right now. The only one that's slightly in competition competition is Marcel the Shell. And as yeah. many people have told me, that movie's great. It does not stand a chance. Yeah. And finally, international feature. This is so easy. All quiet on the Western Front.
0: Yeah, it goes to all quiet.
1: Despite the fact that I've heard great things about EO, um, I've heard great things about Argentina 1985. Uh, Come on, guys. (laughs) This is one of the most heavy hitters in German cinema history. It's going to all quiet on the Western Front.
0: (laughs) All right. Time for the top eight.
1: Ooh, we are into our special category. So this is where we get our one and two picks. Yep. Swear it can make all the difference. We start with adapted screenplay. All right. What is your number two pick?
0: My number two is all quiet because people like it.
1: Yes, and I hate this pick. Even though even though I don't,
0: other people do. So fine. It's number two.
1: Okay. If you had your just like a dream pick here. Mm-hmm. And o- I'm only doing this with this category because it's a weird slate. Mm-hmm. What would you what would you want to vote for if you couldn't vote for your number one?
0: Oh. gotta look at like who else is nominated
1: so it's it you you have to pick between glass onion Mm -hmm. living or top gun maverick i
0: probably pick glass onion because it's just fucking fun
1: and i would pick living because i think it's it's a very artful adaptation it is and and like incredibly well done to put it in a different setting in the best and most subtle way
0: yeah but number one is Women Talking.
1: Women Talking. I, hands down, it's the best script here. I don't think there's yeah. a not a chance in hell. And it'll be exciting for a woman to actually get to go up on the podium <laughs> for one of the writing or directing awards for once in a long time.
0: Yeah, it has been a while. <laughs> My first thought was like, the Diablo Code. One. I was like, yeah, that was like 15 years ago. Yeah. All get
1: right. let's please get Sarah Pauly up there for this we need, movie.
0: <laughs> we need more ladies as usual. We need more of different people.
1: Over to original screenplay.
0: Again, this is actually, I think I'm I'm I know we will probably both have the same number ones, but number two is I'm curious about. What's your number two?
1: <sighs> oh man. I'm bouncing. I'm bouncing real back and forth.
0: You gotta pick. What's your number two?
1: Martin McDonough, Ben she's a villain, Sharon.
0: Sam. It's it's it really is that good.
1: Secretly? I want him to win.
0: I totally understand. I totally get that.
1: Because number one is Daniel Kwan and Daniel Scheinart for sure. everything everywhere. Absolutely. Yeah. It's yeah. it's it's definitely... It's, it's going to be those two that I think get it. But I would much prefer Banshees win this original screenplay.
0: I would love it if Banshees won that. Especially if it doesn't win anything else. That would bring me joy.
1: Because to me, that is the one single highlight of that movie. And... I think everything everywhere is brilliant, but I don't think its script is it's not the solely thing based
0: on that script.
1: It's so much of everything else around it like it's a it's a good script, but I don't think that's the thing that shines sure so i I'm like, please give Martin this award i I really do think it's it's well earned here
0: all right. what's next?
1: We now go to actress in a supporting role okay. What is your number two?
0: My number two is Angela Bassett.
1: My number two is Jamie Lee Curtis.
0: Okay. Jamie Lee is my number one.
1: And Angela Bassett is my number one.
0: Okay, this is where we get like a real switch because we both win, but only one of us will get two <laughs> points. Um, Angela's going to win this. I don't think so. Jamie, like, here's Here's my thing about this one. Jamie Lee has been in this business her whole fucking life, and she's done the work. She's been doing such amazing work in both comedy and horror and drama. I mean, she's amazing. And I think people want to see her win. People want the story of her winning.
1: And and I, I think she will. And I think you can say the exact same thing about Angela Bassett.
0: I thought Angela Bassett already had an Oscar. No. It <laughs> doesn't? Has she been no. nominated before? Okay.
1: I couldn't she remember. She has been nominated, I believe, but I... she hasn't won before.
0: I completely understand the love for Angela Bassett. Her nomination, absolutely earned. And I would not be pissed if she won. It wasn't until I started seeing how basically every single award Jamie Lee was getting that I was like, oh,
1: okay. (laughs) This is a toss up, though, because Angela Bassett has also been winning precursor awards. Mm -hmm. They have been going back and forth.
0: Well, and it's also drama versus comedy in a lot of ways. Um, It'll just be interesting. I, I, I mean, mean
1: I, again, if I had my druthers, Jamie Lee would not be in this category, and that is not a shame to her. She is not the most interesting supporting actress in that movie.
0: In that movie, no. I think Stephanie Stephanie Hugh is much better.
1: So much better.
0: <laughs> I think she's more impactful and interesting, but I'm so happy she was nominated.
1: Yes, for sure.
0: And so I take that's the win here for her that she got nominated.
1: And if you want a dark horse, if you like picking weird ones, Carrie Condon, Condon. She those two could split and Carrie Condon could take this award.
0: And I also would not be mad, we'd just take no points.
1: Not really. <laughs>
0: That's okay. All that
1: right. Might work out for both of us, honestly.
0: Actor in a supporting role. I mean, we know who's number one, so who's number two?
1: Barry Keogan for Banshees of Into Sharon.
0: Oh uh, see, I went with Brendan Gleason.
1: Ooh. I
0: went with Brendan Gleason. I like I love Barry i okay. i need i
1: need the little weird fucker to to win if kei is somehow not gonna take this award but there's not a fucking chance in hell no the story's too good he's too good
0: he's too good and if he doesn't wear a fucking fanny pack i'm going to riot <laughs> he is not i told i said it a whole year ago i was like this award season should be him and just designer fanny packs and he has missed that opportunity. But yeah. for fuck's sakes, I wouldn't give the man a fanny pack at the Oscars. Yeah. Just just for the red carpet. And then when he accepts an award, he doesn't have to have one. I understand. There are pictures forever. But give that man a fanny pack.
1: All right. Actress in a leading role.
0: My number one is Michelle Yao. Same. My number two is Kate Blanchett. Yes. Because that's who it is. And and I would be so sad for Michelle Yao if she doesn't win. And the chances are very, very good for her. But I can't be angry at Kate Blanchett for winning if she wins. Like I just can't. I don't think it's gonna happen, but I also don't care.
1: There are there are lots of odds on for Kate Blanchett to sure. come away with the award. I think that's heavily weighted on her winning the BAFTA. Yes. And I think that's heavily weighted on some other things. Mm-hmm. But again, i this is the weird one where I think you have two equally comparable performances in very different movies,
0: sure. And this is the comedy versus drama situation again,
1: but equally impactful,
0: absolutely,
1: and so when it comes down to it for the voters, the voters will say, "We like the story better for Michelle." Mm-hmm. I'm not mad at people who actually there's there's been some backlash. That's predictable. I think there's a lot of people who are like, Kate Blanchett is actually better. And if you feel that way, I can't really argue with you because she is outstanding in that film. It's amazing. <laughs> but uh, please just give it to the amazing kick-ass kung fu lady.
2: This is the
0: best ever. Just love her. All right. Now we get into really difficult territory because there's so many great options.
1: There's a lot of, there's a lot of different ways this could play. <laughs> there's so many ways.
0: And I wouldn't be mad about really any of them except for my point situation here. Okay, we're actors in a leading role.
1: Who is your number two?
0: Brendan Fraser.
1: Austin Butler.
0: Is my number one.
1: And Brendan Fraser is my number
0: one. All right, so we're flipped here too.
1: Brendan has come on strong as of late. Yes. Especially winning the SAG Award. Yes. And it's interesting because I, we felt that, that feeling of Colin and Brendan will split That's not been the case.
0: No, I understand that this is where we get into Colin, like people love him and they they, they are talking about him. So he just hasn't happened to win. But this is another thing where it's been Austin and Brendan because Austin and Brendan are in different categories and Brendan's just beating Colin. And so that's a situation where Austin and Brendan split the vote. Colin wins. Not mad, but... As much as Brendan is amazing, people don't like that movie. They have that there's just a lot of problematic things with the movie. I loved it, but I again I totally understand. And then Elvis is a crap movie, but it's a spectacle, and people love that shit. And look at what happened with Moulin Rouge. Ugh. Same thing. I, I, I think Austin's gonna win.
1: You could you could coin flip this one. Like you really can. If you're if you're it, making your it. It's picks. the
0: same situation with Jamie Lee Curtis. Yeah. Like People want Brendan to win because they love Brendan. And like, Austin's great. It's like, Austin, you're a baby. Who cares? You'll have time. So they want Brendan to win. But I don't think that's how that's going to play out.
1: Well, we're going to find out, aren't we? We're going to find out. All right. Let's move to director with a bunch of dudes.
0: Bunch of dudes. But the people who I think are going to win are cool people. It's the Daniels. Daniels should win, hands down.
1: Yeah. they've, They've been taking almost every award. They're not a, a surefire lock, but they've been making such a strong statement in so many different award ceremonies recently that it's, it's kind of undeniable. Now, who's your number two? Todd Fields for Tar. Yes! Yes! Well, we're the same, aren't we? Let's be clear. Steven is probably the odds-on favorite to upset Daniels.
0: Which, fuck that guy.
1: <laughs> but because I felt so strongly about Daniels, I went with my gut, and I was like, Who is the other director who made a singular vision this year? And it was fucking Todd Field. Mm -hmm. Todd Field made a Kubrick movie that didn't get ruined by the Kubrick gimmick. Exactly. And he he worships Kubrick.
0: He learned. And he pulled it off. He listened to our podcast and like got to avoid the gimmicks and i well, shouldn't have context it should just stand on its own i mean
1: to be fair he also worked directly with kubrick and eyes wide shut but you know.
0: it was our podcast that had the impact
1: <laughs> i mean if if daniels were going to lose to anyone i would be okay with them losing to todd field
0: i would be sad but i would understand actually i this is one of those things where it's like if they lo- I, i'd be fine with them losing the writing but not if they lost this as well Writing so important, but it's and and it is amazing and you can't pull this off without a good script, but the secret sauce to this film is these two guys and their vision. The editing doesn't become amazing without these two guys. You have to have these two brains working together to get this amazing film. And so I think like the it'll be the biggest robbery of the night if these two guys don't win in this category. Yeah, (laughs) it really will be like, I don't care if they lose everything else. But the biggest Rob of the night will be if these two guys don't win in this category. That's how it should be. Oh, yeah. Um, You don't get this amazing film. You don't get these great performances without those two guys. This is just one of those situations where you can point to those two people. And that's why you just it all goes back to them. It just does.
1: Yeah. Best picture.
0: (laughs) Is there a question?
1: Well, what's your number two? My number two is Banshees. Banshees, then Sharon.
0: <laughs> it was so good, and I was not expecting to like it. I waffled I was a like, bit.
1: I like, I thought about Tar a little bit.
0: That's fair, but nah. Tar Tar is I mean Tar is a great movie, but it's really about this woman, and like, and that's great. That's fine. I'm not discounting that, but there's something about Banshees that I feel kind of transcend, like just being about these two guys. Like it, oh. there's there's something about it, and I mean, I also, I mean, the, the the interesting thing to me is they talk about the banshees are were supposed to be these women screaming, but like really, the banshees in this film and the story are two guys. <laughs> They're the banshee.
1: That's why the old woman at the end is like, I don't need to scream. <laughs> yeah, she I, is like, the banshee. <laughs>
0: yeah, she is, but ultimately, it's those two dudes, like yep. those two, like young ones, bitching and moaning about fuck all mm-hmm. <laughs> it's great
1: oh it's it's such a brilliant large allegory in a small irish story women talking the same thing in sure. a different context
0: absolutely like i think i like
1: that climbed up my lists like a rocket
0: oh same like if that film had come out like in the summer it would like i would still be thinking about it because i know i'm still gonna think about it but i also still think about the banshees of Inisherin. and i was like fuck the movie's great and david's has to say patrick sullivan all the time
1: and after sun is going to be my worst person in the world this year of the movie i know is probably not the best and might not even you know deserve to be up there super regarded but it's going to stick with me for so long after
0: and i just want to go watch everything everywhere again
1: yeah well i mean for fuck's sake we've already we didn't say it but that's our best picture i mean it
0: is it is it is the best film We saw it in April and we have not wavered from that since. And sometimes we do. We pick good movies, but sometimes something comes along in October, November, and we're like, fuck, that was good. I think people are gonna forget about that other good movie we saw earlier in the year. Nope, nope, it's this one, this is it.
1: Every time we talk about this movie, I say the same thing. Walked out of that movie going, and this is why we make movies. Yes. Every other movie this year, they were all great. They were all powerful. But that among like maybe one other movie that was a different thing. Nope. Didn't get recognition this year. And I totally understand. It's mm-hmm. not an Oscar style movie. No, but I would have liked
0: Kinky Palmer in that one though.
1: This is the movie out of all of these that mm-hmm. made me go, fuck it. This is why you make movies. Yeah, <laughs> because you get to do shit like this. Yep. Please just do the right thing, award them and reward them for what they've done because it's such a huge accomplishment. Yeah. Now let's see the Academy fuck it all up, eh? All right. Well, maybe, maybe it'll just be a really entertaining show.
0: Uh, nothing bad will happen, but just it'll be entertaining.
1: Oh. Well.
0: And light.
1: I don't know. It's going to be Jimmy Kimmel. He'll probably say a couple of things that'll make us want to throw things to the television.
0: Okay. Well, Jimmy Kimmel has a very funny video about him being selected to be the host this year. That is a spoof of the Top Gun scene, and it is great. <laughs> I was highly entertained by it. I was like, this is going on too long, but I don't care because it's John Hamm is in it, and it's funny. I'm here for this.
1: <sighs> All right, Academy of Motion Pictures. We're watching you.
0: All right. Well, until next time.
1: Have a good Oscars.
0: Thanks for listening. Be sure to review and rate us on iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you listen to your podcast. For questions, comments, and recommendations, you can email us at macintoshandmod at gmail.com or find us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook.